away. Huberto walks in, makes a move, and he scores! Jonathan Huberto! And he scores! Alexander Markov! What a move! He's giving the Panthers the lead once again! Welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Here are your hosts, Jameson Olive and Doug Plakins. Hey everybody, welcome into Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers, presented as always by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Doug Plagans, Jameson Olive here with you as always. We thank you very much for making Territory Talk a part of your listening week, wherever you may be listening and, well, however you may be tuned in, because you can find Territory Talk wherever you find your favorite podcast. We hope everybody's doing well out there. And, well, we continue to move through this Florida Panthers and National Hockey League offseason. We've got some news and notes coming up here in just a couple of moments. The development camp roster and some important dates leading up to training camp. That's been announced. We'll get to that coming up here shortly. And my friend in yours original panther my broadcast partner on the panthers radio network and you know him from nhl network too billy Lindsay. he's going to be stopping by a little bit later on here in the program to talk about what he's been up to this summer what he likes about what this team has done over the course of the offseason as they prepare for the 21-22 campaign so we've got lots to get to here over the course of territory talk but Jameson Olive, we are getting closer and closer to September, which means we're getting closer and closer to actual organized Florida Panthers events on the ice taking place. How are you today, sir? Well, based on that, I'm very excited because, like you said, things are things are happening now. We're, you know, we got dates, we have events, we have camps. Uh, it's all going to be here before we know it. Uh, this offseason was short, but I think that's a good thing, and Bill Lindsay touches on that as well. We're all just really excited when you look at the team we have to get things going, get on the ice, and start playing some hockey. Excitement, the word of the day. And, well, it was announced recently, of course, the most recent uh, roster move, I guess, that we had was the Joe Thornton signing. That's mm-hmm. still the most recent news as far as how the roster's taken shape, and we covered that a lot last week. But as far as uh, a lot of uh, down-the-road hopefuls to make this Panthers roster, the development camp roster and dates were announced. The Panthers will be holding a development camp at the ice stand in Coral Springs, September 10th to the 14th. That will lead up to a rookie tournament that'll be uh, hosted by the Tampa Bay Lightning the 18th to the 21st of September but looking at the roster Jameson a lot of exciting names on there some names that have appeared in the National Hockey League some guys that could be ticketed for the National Hockey League potentially sooner rather than later just running through a few of the highlights Grigory Denisenko on the roster Anton Lundell is on the roster Cole Schwint who was uh, on the taxi squad last season he's on the roster Spencer Knight is there Matt Kirstead Max Gildon, who we had on our Prospect Pipeline uh, inaugural edition podcast not Cole too Schwinn long ago. One. Yeah, and we had Cole Schwinn on there as well. So just a few of the names there, uh, guys who are going to be on this development camp roster. But a lot, of, uh, a lot of recent draft picks for this Panthers team. And again, a lot of talented young players who are going to be hitting the ice with this development camp roster. And I know we're all excited to see that really is the true kickoff to the month or so of preparation that goes into the lead up to the season. 
Yeah, we'll obviously talk a lot more about, you know, D camp and rookie camp and rosters and things like that once we once we get a bit closer to the actual date. But just kind of looking at the initial roster we have here, there was a lot to like. You mentioned some names. Uh, this is going to be our first time seeing Anton Lindell over here in North America on the ice, you know, with other Panthers prospects, uh, expectations through the roof there. Really excited about that. Really excited to see Spencer Knight back on the ice after, you know, just that great Great brief showing he had with the Panthers last year in the regular season and the playoffs. But a couple just kind of early camp battle things I'm really looking forward to there is I think I'm actually most excited about Max Gildon, John Ludwig, and Matt Kierstead. Because I kind of look at those three guys, and we've talked about this in the past. I think one of those guys is probably going to end up being the seventh defenseman this year, barring you know any other moves or things like that. I think that that that's a great battle there between those three guys, uh, Ludwig and you know Gildon. Great you know debut seasons in the AHL last year. Matt Kierstead, you know came right from college to the Panthers last year. Really liked the composure we saw from him on the ice and the games he did get in. So. Those three guys, you know, all in their early 20s, all fighting to, you know, you know, make that jump to the NHL and be, you know, that guy that the Panthers can look at, look at and call upon when needed. I think that battle might start there in D camp with how those guys are playing. So uh, really looking forward to that. But, you know, a ton of other names on here, a lot of camp invites. Uh, Trevor Wong's a guy I'm hearing, you know, NHL circles talking a lot about. He's kind of getting that label right now of you know, the best guy that wasn't drafted this past year. So he's a guy that I'm sure a lot of teams wanted to bring to their camp. The Panthers got him. Really excited to see what he can do. You know, high skill, a bit smaller, but definitely a skilled player that maybe maybe can turn into something for the Panthers. So uh, looking forward to seeing him at D-Camp, looking forward to seeing all the big names. But like I said, that three-way battle on defense between Gildon, Ludwig, and Kierstead, I'm really excited to see that. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. And, uh, you know, you always see, too, the, the in the development camps, you see certain guys take on the leadership roles. And obviously there are some guys with some uh, really high-level experience that are going to be hitting the ice in this camp. And one little tidbit, going through the names on defense, I could be wrong. There might be one, but I think every single defenseman invited to D camp is a left-handed shot. I was going through, uh, just as I usually do, just going through prospect stuff. I, I might have got this wrong. There might be one that isn't, but I think they're all left-handed. So I'm actually really excited to see as well who moves over to the right, you know, in that prospect tournament when all your defensemen are left shots. So uh, versatility is going to be on display as well there. We'll be keeping an eye on all of it. And again, the development camp will take place at the Panthers Ice Stand in Coral Springs, September 10th to the 14th. And that will precede a rookie tournament that will take place September 18th to the 21st over in Wesley Chapel, and that'll be hosted by the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's a 24-man roster, 13 forwards, 8 defensemen, 3 goaltenders. We ran through some of the highlight names that uh, fans may be familiar with uh, based on experience last season uh, or uh, the draft or what have you. So again, we're going to be keeping our, keeping our eyes on the development camp as we get closer to the upcoming campaign. Yeah, and like we talked about, this is the first decamp for not only this most recent draft class, but last year yep. as well. So it's been a two, while for one of Two these. classes here are getting their D-Camp debuts, and I love D-Camp. I know you do as well. All the kids are so excited. There are a lot of great stories there. So uh, just really excited for, you know, that camp to kind of, like you said, kick things off here as we get closer to the season. Yeah, it really is the start of it. Uh, that's where the season preparation officially does begin. So Territory Talk is always presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Doug Plagans, Jameson Olive here with you as always. And well, kind enough to join us this week on Territory Talk. Again, you know him as my broadcast partner on the Panthers radio network, an original Panther. You know him from the NHL network. Billy Lindsay, kind enough to stop by and take some time out for us and give us his thoughts on this Panthers team as we get closer to the new season. Let's get right into that conversation. Here's Bill Lindsay. 
All right, Billy. Well, first, thanks for stopping by. Great to have you on the show once again. First thing, how have you been and how excited are you for the new Panthers season that is just under two months away at this point as far as when opening night's coming? Glad to join you guys. Very excited for the upcoming season. It's been a short summer, short turnaround the NHL after the shortened season last year, trying to get back to that 82-game schedule. So the athletes have to recover, short off season, but Everyone excited to get back to that full schedule, regular kind of training camp, maybe a few exhibition games thrown in there and get right back to NHL hockey. And for the Panthers, that's a good scenario coming off what was one of the best, if not the best season in Panther history during the regular season and a tremendous playoff push against Tampa in that first round. Really, probably the toughest test that the Lightning faced. So to get ready, the excitement for the Panthers, the fan base, everyone that's involved with the franchise, the offseason moves that Bill Zito made and the moves that he made last year, the expectations for this team are through the roof, and they should be. So we'll see what happens on the ice. But going into this season, I don't think I've ever been more excited for a season, a full season, 82 games, to watch this Panther team and to see what they're capable of. And, Billy, going off of that, I wanted to ask you, because this Panthers team, they've always had high expectations for themselves. But as you mentioned right there, the entire hockey world has taken notice of what this group did last year. They took notice of the way they competed against the Tampa Bay Lightning in that playoff series. And now, of course, with the moves that have been made here in the offseason to improve what was already a strong team when you go into a season like this and you might be able to use some of your experience from from back in the early days of the Panthers uh, you know to to talk about what this means but when you go into a season suddenly where the expectations not only for yourself but the expectations that the entire hockey world has for you have been heightened to this level how do you approach the year so you got to approach it and just try and go and approach it it's an old adage and everyone says one day at a time, but just focus on just building and getting off. What really helped the Panthers last year was that hot start. And if you can get off that good start again this season and start to get on and get some traction, then you know that you're going to be in that playoff chase, that playoff race. You don't have to play catch up hockey. And this team should be towards the top of the standings all year. And then once you get back into that latter half of the season, you can start to, to prepare for the playoffs. And that's a luxury that they had last year. And the loss to Tampa Bay, that's a good learning lesson. We saw what happened to Tampa Bay when they got swept by Columbus. They knew they had to make some changes, and they went, ended, up, ended up making some changes and won back-to-back Stanley Cup championships. So that playoff experience last year for this group is something that's invaluable. But what is different with this Panther team, with any Panther team in the past, is that it's set up to be a playoff contender and a Stanley Cup tender, contender, not only this year, but for the next five years, maybe even the next 10 years, if things are managed correctly. So that's, that's the difference. You look in, and pretty assuredly, this team, if they stay healthy and do the right things with Joe Quenville and his coaching abilities and all these players that they have, they're just going to continue to improve. So the regular season is going to be just a building all the way through. You approach it and you just say, we got to get off to a good start. And then we got to continue to get better and better as the season goes along. And you want to be peaking towards that playoff time. And this team will have that expectation. So 
now this Panther, when you look at it, you go into the regular season, and the regular season is one thing, but the real season is the playoffs, and they're going to be there. So that's where this team has to focus on and have their drive is so that when they get to those playoffs again, they're battle-tested, and they'll be able, hopefully, to get past that first round and start to build and maybe get into that Stanley Cup and win a Stanley Cup championship because they are that close. They're on the brink of it. So that's that's where the excitement, to me, builds. I believe they're a playoff team. They're going to be in the playoffs. It's now, what can you do in the playoffs? And that was the question surrounding Tampa Bay when they had such great teams. What can you do in the playoffs? Got swept by Columbus. So this Panther team, now the next step for them, another good regular season. What do you do in the playoffs? So that's, that's where the expectation lies. Not so much now during the regular season. All the fans used to say, just get in the playoffs. Now it's about what can you do in the playoffs. And Billy, you mentioned obviously the Panthers made a lot of moves this offseason, re-signings, you know, trades, you know, bringing new people in to kind of you know, really help out this resurgent team. They got so much done last year already. But one guy in particular, I can't remember the last time the Panthers traded a first-round pick, and they went out and they traded a first-round pick and a really good prospect in Devin Levi to get Sam Reinhart. Obviously, a great player. You talk about, you know, just the effect that's going to have on the ice. But when you're a team that's close in the room, what does it do when your GM goes out and gets you a weapon like that and says, you know, guys, I'm going to mortgage some of the future here. I'm going to risk, you know, some, losing some picks here to bring in a guy like this to help you guys get over the hump. You're excited because all of a sudden you just add another weapon to your arsenal. And there's so much flexibility with this lineup, Jameson and Doug, with what Joel Quenville can do. And we saw it last year. He used almost everyone off the taxi squad. And he's added depth with Joe Thornton. Uh, Lundell, the top prospect, a very good chance to make the team, and he could be a really exciting rookie. Uh, there is a lot of lot of lot of expectations for him, and a lot of buzz around him. He could he could add something we don't know, but there's another piece. But there is just uh, the flexibility that Bill Zito has brought, just with Reinhardt and what he can use with different what. Players Marchman played on the first line, on the fourth line. Declare played first, second, fourth line. So you have the ability now with all these players that can play up and down the lineup, and then you have your superstars that are going to get the quality minutes. The one question that is nagging and remaining for this team, and it's the only question because the defense with Montour and everything that's been solidified there, the defense is deep, quality is goaltending. Is Bobrovsky able to find some form? Is Spencer Knight, we got a glimpse of him in the playoffs, his calm, poised demeanor. How good can he be in net? Uh, so we'll see what happens with the goaltending, but that is the one area that has to be really short up. The, the goaltending has to be consistent throughout the season, and then once you get in the playoffs, we saw what Vasilevsky did. The Panthers really tested Vasilevsky the most when they were able to get to him the most, but once you get in the playoffs, you got all this talent, but you're going to need the right save at the right time if you want to win that championship. So whether it's Spencer Knight or whether it's Bobrovsky, it's the goaltending is the only question in, in my mind that has to be answered for this team. And, Billy, the one name we haven't talked about yet, the the latest move for the Panthers, one that captured a lot of headlines, uh, Joe Thornton coming in, future Hall of Famer, 42 years old, seen it all, done it all, played against you for, for quite a few years. That's how long he's been in the league. Um, before we get to maybe you and Joe's personal battles out there on the ice, just 
you've been in the room before with guys like that, those kind of sage veterans, those guys with a ton of experience. Just what kind of value is experience to a team when you're in the locker room? We just saw what Holmquist brought to the team last year. Mm-hmm. So now you, add, now, now you add Joe Thornton. So you got Hornquist and you got Thornton in the locker room with that wealth of experience and what they can pass on knowledge wise to the younger guys. And what excites me about Joe coming to this team is that he had a number of teams that he probably could have chose to go to. And at his age, there's one thing missing on his resume and it's the Stanley cup. And when you're 42 years old and you've been in the league this long and you've had a hall of fame career, you want that Stanley cup. And he chose the Florida Panthers for a reason because he believes that's a team that fit him the best and has the best chance to win a Stanley cup. So he has evolved as a player too. He played in a fourth line role a lot last year with Toronto was very successful. And he's a guy that you can put on the power play and a calm demeanor. He's going to be a calming presence for the young guys. They're going to show the work and preparation that he puts in at 42 years old how it go, go about to be a professional. So now having Hornquist and Thornton in that locker room is invaluable uh, to, the, to these players. Hornquist, uh, to, to see what he's done with his couple of Stanley Cup championships, how hard he works, now to have another veteran like that is that's one of the smartest signings because you get him on such a cheap salary. He wouldn't even have – the money that he's getting paid by the Panthers – he wouldn't even have to step on the ice to have the impact to make that much money, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Oh, but now you 100%. Actually, so you actually, now you get you get the value. You almost get a coach and a player. So it's Joe Thornton is an assistant coach that's a player, which is <laughs> pretty valuable to have. And Hornquist kind of fits that role as well. So to have those type of players in your, in your dress room is exciting. And for Joe Thornton, what if we could do it and if we could win a Stanley cup with Joe Thornton, what, what a story. And he deserves it. If one guy deserves a Stanley cup, Joe Thornton is one of those guys at the top of the list. Ray Bork was like that at the end of his career. He finally found that championship with Colorado. There's some guys, but they're just so you, you dream to play in the NHL. And once you get there, the, the one dream you have, is to win a Stanley Cup. And if Joe Thornton can get that at age at this age and with this Panther team, it would be a storybook ending. And one of the one to go off in the sunset and do that is so I my excitement just is palpable for Thornton in the in the Panther jersey. And we've talked about I think everyone's second favorite team this year is going to be the Panthers because everyone in the league just roots for Joe Thornton, and that should help the team as well, just getting that external boost. But we talked about, you know, Joe Thornton, kind of like Yarmie Yager. He's kind of like a walking statue. He's just, the resume is so long. It's so impressive. You know, he's going right to the Hall of Fame. He's been around long enough that he actually played at the Miami Arena. Not many guys can say that these days. Uh, You played against him a lot. I don't know if you remember any particular interactions, but what was it like kind of playing against you know, early years, kind of right before the prime Joe Thornton? I I got him in San Jose when he was right in really good territory, putting up huge numbers, and he had the ability to control the game all by himself, much like Barkoff. When you see Barkoff play, that he just takes over a game. Joe Thornton in his prime could take over a game. And the ability to stay around a long time as a player, when you're a superstar, and then you get put in different roles. Well, Joe Thornton has learned the the value of winning face-offs, 
being good defensively structured, that's why he can still play. And a lot of players, Steve Eiserman was a great player, but turned into a great two-way centerman at the end of his career. Joe Sackick was another player that evolved as a scorer when he came out. But by the time he was done, he was dominant at both ends of the rink. And when Thornton's scoring started to go down, he evolved into a really dominant two-way centerman. And now he's a guy that's out there and he's really strong defensively and he can play a fourth line role and he can get some time on your power play. And if needed, you can put him on the second line. If someone goes down, if a Barkoff goes down and he can give you 10, 15 games in a second line role. So there's all kinds of options and abilities with uh, Joe Thornton in the lineup. And that's where I talk about the flexibility that Quenville has with this team. If he wants to use different players in different situations, he has it, and Joe Thornton's one of those guys that can play anywhere you want him to play, and he'll deliver, and that's a testament to the way that he's been gone about his career. If he didn't evolve into a guy that was solid defensively, he would have been out of the league three or four years ago, but that's not the case. He just finds a way to keep getting the job done. So many different reasons to be excited for the upcoming season. Billy, something else I wanted to ask you about looking at just the way that the alignment is going to be. We're getting back to our regularly scheduled Atlantic Division format here, and you look at this Atlantic Division, Billy, the Panthers with all the excitement, Boston's obviously still good, Tampa Bay's won back-to-back Stanley Cups, Toronto, they're a team that is going to be going in with uh, something to prove this year, certainly, and then you look at some of the teams that are on the upswing, teams like Ottawa, teams like Detroit, the Canadians got to the Stanley Cup final, uh, there's not going to be a night off in in the Atlantic Division, how excited are you to see how this division's going to play out and just to see the battles night tonight? It's going to be good. It's going to be one of the probably the best division in hockey if you go down top to bottom. And you're correct. Ottawa's making big strides. Detroit still has a way to go. But after that, every team is going to be pushing and trying to get into those playoffs. Tampa Bay is going to be one of those teams that's going to be interesting to look at. They still have the star power, but they've lost a lot in the offseason. They lost their, their, their whole third line that was key to their success. And they're going to try and place that Gord Coleman Goodrow have all left, left that team. Uh, are they still as dominant as they were in the past or do the Panthers get past them and become the, the premier team in that division? Boston is still there, but they're aging. Uh, Marchand Bergeron, some of their core players are getting older. There's some question marks in goal to Karask hasn't made a decision. What's their goaltending going to be like? Montreal is a team that made it to the Stanley Cup, but they're, in my opinion, will have a big challenge in this division trying to even get back into the playoffs. Montreal could go from a Stanley Cup final to missing the playoffs. That's how good this division is. So you're going to have to compete every night. But if I look at the lineups uh, top to bottom and what's happened, Tampa Bay has subtracted from their lineup. Boston's aged a little bit. Carolina, uh, some of these teams, all these teams have uh, gone through some transition and the Panthers have made moves to better their team. So if I was off the bat and expectations, my expectations, even though this division is extremely tough and competitive, I would place the Panthers to be at the top of the division. 
And Billy, I know we can't wait to get started. Uh, it seems like the days are going fast or slow, depending on how you look at it. But it's coming up fast, October 14th, against the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, at BB&T Center, Game 1. But before we get there, the first kind of milestone of kicking things off for a new season, we have D-Camp coming up in about three weeks or so here in South Florida. I just want to ask you from personal experience, when you were a, a young kid coming up, maybe that first camp you had with the Nordiques, just what was that like being a, a, a kid coming to your first NHL camp? Uh, pressure, you know, coming in, trying to get into the NHL. And you want to show up in the best best shape possible, and you want to be ready. And the interesting thing for me, when I was a young kid, I skated quite a bit before training camp uh, to be ready and got myself in the best possible shape. And I had to play my best hockey in training camp to make the team. That's the only way that it was possible. And the way that it evolved with me once I got on a one-way contract and I was established in my career I would work out in the off season but I wouldn't wouldn't skate until one week before training camp I would take the summer to recover and rest because I knew that I was going to be on the team so it's a much different approach as a younger player I didn't have to be once I got older I didn't have to be my best in training camp I could get in shape in that first week get it good in the exhibition games and kind of build and ramp up towards the the regular season and that helped me as I became a veteran but when I when I was a young player trying to establish myself I had to come in training camp in what I would call mid-season form I had to be peaking because that's your best shot to make a team and to get established so the most pressure that you have as an NHL player trying to get into the NHL is the training camp and the first first 25 30 games that you play with a team because if you make the team and then those first 25 30 games you establish yourself and they see that you could be an nhl player all of a sudden you have a job and then once you get that job you just try not to let go of it and then when you become a veteran you can afford yourself uh, <laughs> just to take take the off season uh to build your whole body up and strengthen and not worry about training camp it's really a nice luxury to have uh, you can go in and prepare yourself and then you get ready. So it's a, so there's the difference of approach. As a young player trying to make the team, you have to come in guns a-blazing. As a veteran, the Joe Thorns, the Hornquist of the world, they can skate four or five days before training camp, use the training camp to get their body in shape. Um, physically, they've worked out hard during the off-season to, to build up your body to withstand the schedule of 82 games. And you go from there. So there's the difference. If you're trying to make the team, you gotta you got to come in hot. If you're a veteran, just come in, make sure your body's in shape, and go from there. I know we can't wait to get to camp and get into the preseason and get this thing going with all the expectations, all the excitement around this team going into the 21-22 season. Billy Lindsay, we thank you very much for stopping by, as always, and uh, uh, enjoy the, the next, uh, well, six weeks or so before this thing kicks into high gear. It's quick. It's exciting. If there ever was a short off season, this is the one to have, isn't it? Yeah, no kidding. I, I've never looked like uh, last season. I've never, uh, that was the most fun I've had coming to the hockey rink in such a long time. I just couldn't wait to get to the rink and the playoffs. And me, Doug, Jameson, we were all there in the press box. And even though we had to call some of the games on the road remotely, it was still still so much excitement just couldn't to get there. So I, I just can't wait to get back to the rink and see what this team is all about and 
get this NHL season started. So the short off season to me, it, this is the one I wanted a short off season. I want to get back to work as soon as possible. Yeah. Doug and I were talking. I mean, you, you look back at last season, this team only lost three games in a row and once or twice, there was never really a slump last season. So every day, every week coming to work the entire season, we were all just so excited. So definitely looking forward to more of that, you know, knock on wood, but it's definitely looking good. Yep. It's what it's all about. And this team and the way that they're set up, it's been, this Panther team and franchise and the fan base, they've been waiting for it. And uh, this team's in a, a situation to deliver it. And to me, um, I've said it before, I've had a hard time. I've never watched the Stanley Cup celebration in my life since I retired. I watch them lift the Stanley Cup and award the trophy. After that, I'll turn off the TV because I've never been able to realize that dream. The only way that I will ever watch a Stanley Cup celebration and watch it full through all the way to the end of it. It's as if, if the Panthers win a Stanley Cup. So it's still part of my dream, still start, part of my passion. And um, that's what I'm hoping for and living for, just like all the rest of the Florida Panther fans, all their players and everyone. And that day seems like it's a, a, a firm reality and possibility. So we'll take it from there. If and when that day comes, I think Billy's going to be right out there on the ice, uh, make, making his way through the crowd. I'm going to take I'm going to take Stanley C. Panthers cable. You know the cable that he has. Uh-huh, rappel down. Yeah, I'm just going to zip line right down to the ice. <laughs> Billy Lindsay, our guest here today. Always great to have you uh, here on Territory Talk, and uh, we can't wait to get this thing going here pretty soon. Billy, thanks again for your time. Thank you very much, guys. I always appreciate it. Big thanks to Billy Lindsay for stopping by, as always. Friend of the program here on Territory Talk. And, well, Territory Talk, as always, presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. And, Jameson, you heard it right there from Billy. He said he's never been more excited to come to the rink and watch a Panthers team play than this edition of the Panthers that's going to be hitting the ice coming up here in October. Yeah, and, of course, we all want to you know temper our expectations and you know, not get too ahead of ourselves, but it really is hard not to when you look at you know, what happened last year, the moves they made during the offseason, the skill that's out there when you have guys like Barkov and Huberto leading the charge, when you have a, you know, a fully healthy Aaron Ekblad back there on the blue line, when you have Mackenzie Weger coming off a breakout season, when you have, you know, the two-headed monster of Bobrovsky and Knight and Net, you know, the young rookie, you know, the proven veteran, things like that. There's just up and down the lineup. This is, the team's just so deep. I've looked at it a million times already, you know, going through my mock lineup, looking at the forwards. There's so many NHL caliber players in my mind that don't even have a spot right now in the starting lineup. So, uh, so deep, so good. You got to be, especially when you're going, you know, this is the first 82 game season in a while. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there's probably going to be some guys needing a little bit more maintenance, maybe a couple guys taking a couple more games off than they normally would, just, you know, getting the body back to a full 82. So, they're going to need everyone. It takes an army to, you know, not only make the playoffs, but make a deep run in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, they're poised, they're set. You couldn't have built the team any better heading into this season based on everything going on. So very, very excited. And specifically talking about Billy, once again, huge shout out to him uh, for joining us. I think this is his fifth appearance over the last three years. So he's he's uh, he's up in that upper echelon tier of friends of the program and, of course, a, a great friend in real life as well. But I, I think when you look at, you know, you hear his excitement, and I always start to think that the team that – you know, you look at the team and you look at you know, the years of, you know, Panthers, the ups and downs and all that. The, there's three guys in particular outside of, you know, players that you really you know want the team to win for, for these guys. And for, it, you know, for me, it's Billy, it's Randy Moeller, and it's Roberto Luongo. I just want, I want to see those guys, you know, savor this team's success, 
you know, from the sidelines because those are three guys that have just poured their heart and soul into the organization over so many years. And, you know, out, like I said, outside of players, those are the three guys you're rooting for to find some success here with the Panthers to, you know, see this team not only make the playoffs but make a run. No doubt about that. And as Billy said, and we pointed to this last week when we broke down the signing of, uh, of Joe Thornton, but Billy mentioned it. At this point in his career, the fact that he looked at the Panthers as, you know, the best situation and a team that was positioned to, you know, give him a chance to make a run at the Stanley Cup, uh, you know, that says a lot. And you could tell that the entire hockey world took notice, and, and Billy made mention of that uh, right there as well. So, again, lots of great insight there from Billy Lindsay. We thank him very much for stopping by. And uh, as we come up on the end of the program here, I know there were some things flying around on Twitter, food-related once again, and we, we love that kind of discussion, and there's a good chance that when that kind of discussion takes place, because, again, it's so important to address that, and we, we oftentimes will make this a part of territory talk when, things, uh, when the food conversation uh, warrants that kind of treatment. Jameson, something I wanted to mention first. This is part three of this yeah, ongoing. We're going to go down a certain road here. It, it was brought to my attention. I believe uh, I want to give uh, a thanks to Jacob on Twitter. He was, uh, he was offering up some opinions and some thoughts. And uh, he said that cereal is a salad. I believe he was the one that said cereal was a salad. And here is why cereal is not a salad. And I think it's very simple you look at all the different kinds of actual salads. And I'm not saying they have to have lettuce. A salad doesn't have to no. have lettuce. Just ask cucumber salad. Potato salad. Potato salad. But here, this is why. Every kind of salad, and you might not be able to say this about really anything else. Anything that's a salad is accompanied by the word salad. Caesar salad, house salad, garden salad, cucumber salad, potato salad. There's no salad that is just one word that's not salad. So I didn't even think of that. My defense was going to be that every salad is eaten with a fork. And am I wrong there? Because I think I'm right. If I mean, you could eat a fruit salad with a spoon, but you'd have a hard difficult. time with some the, of those. The primary yeah. tool of a salad is a fork. I, I like that. That's another, another part of the criteria. And that has built a very firm case, I believe, <laughs> as to why cereal is not... A salad. So I, I don't think we need to defend it. I think that's that. it. I think but it's... it did take us down a certain road. And it led me to wonder, Jameson Olive, and you saw this on Twitter, and yes. the folks out there on Twitter saw this, and we encourage you to continue interacting at Doug Plagans, at Jameson Coop, and anybody else who may get involved in the food conversation. But it made me wonder what cereal would be the best salad accompaniment? A crouton. I would even venture to It would to be a say. crouton, yes. Now, there were a lot of there were a lot of people pleading the case for checks and Crispix. I, I like the direction of Crispix. I like the direction. The issue is a crouton. Think about the croutons that you've had in your life. They need to have some form of durability. They need to be able to stand up to a fork. And in many cases, they need to be able to be picked up by the fork and they need to be able to they can't they got to be able to survive a dressing they can't yes. get soggy or melt right there's got to be some form of durability with the crouton and that's why i think Brrr, that, drum roll I, I, and this our our friend from this kept you up our, our friend from 560 the joe mark hockman brought this one up as well and i consider him to be one of the foremost food experts here in south florida and and across the the hemisphere as well captain crunch Probably the best, but you have to be careful what kind of dressing you're going to use and what's going to be in that salad. Because if it is, 
if it's a salad that say has peppers in it or something, or if it's a if it's a taco salad or something, Cap'n Crunch would be a problem. But if it's a if it's one of those salads that has salad. if it's a salad that has something sweet in it already, like craisins or apples or strawberry, then you're on to something. And I think the Cap'n Crunch could withstand the fork. It could withstand the dressing. It's got enough of a flavor, but not an overbearing flavor. Peanut butter crunch, no chance. Can't go in a salad. But regular Cap'n Crunch, maybe. Uh, beyond that, I have a hard time coming up. Checks might work, but again, I just think that it would crumble under the pressure of the fork. So on that, I, I could actually see like a, a restaurant in Vegas already having Captain Crunch on their salads for like a fun touristy salad. I, I, that might exist because people put Captain Crunch on a lot, a lot of things these days. So that's a good option. My two things and my area of thinking was something that already is a bit earthy to go with the salad. Granola? No, not granola. Although cause I, to me, that's that's almost already kind of that's too obvious. I feel like that's not fun. So that's why I was thinking, honestly, for me, if I was doing like a base level, like some arugula, some like dressing, you know, arugula, huh? and it looks like you know, a little arugula, make some baby spinach, something like that. But I think honey nut Cheerios would really actually yeah. be good on a salad. Yeah, because you'd have the honey flavor to go with, you know, the earthy herb f- flavor of a salad. And my other thing was, if say you go with more of a a fruity kind of vinaigrette dressing, and yet it's a, it's a little bit more pop, I think Fruit Loops would be pretty good on a salad. I don't disagree with that. I could get behind the idea of a Fruit Loop on a salad. And I, on this, I just got to ask as a, a sidebar here, because this is an argument I've heard before, and I still don't know where I stand on it. Do different colored Fruit Loops taste different? I am going to say no, they don't. I don't think they do either, but mentally, I think my brain is programmed to think they do. I haven't had Fruit Loop in a long time. We should do a, a, just a, a, a cereal testing episode. I think we should just do an ode to cereal, a cereal special here on Territory Talk. Because I think we we we, got, we first got into cereal on episode two of Territory Talk three years ago, and, and with Keith Yandel. Find me one person who doesn't at least in some way have some form of appreciation for cereal, whether it makes you identify with a part of your childhood or you just are a huge fan of cereal like I am. It's a multi-purpose meal. You can have it breakfast, lunch, dinner. doesn't matter what it's time the bagel it is. Bite you can have of... it. It is. It's a, it's a comfort food. Yeah. It really is. And there are so many options. You walk down that cereal aisle and you can just get lost in there. And I know it's one of my favorite parts of the shopping trip is when I go to pick up and a I, box of cereal. And I'm always amazed too. And I am like, there hasn't been like a big heavy hitter cereal come out in a long time that's like made it's like it's carved out a spot in like the regular cereal a lot of limited time only niche yeah, like cereals different versions yeah. of current cereals but there hasn't been like a new out of left field cereal that's really kind of taken hold of america yeah the uh there's a s'mores cereal that's really good i do like that one if i'm talking about a sweet cereal we're running a bit long here but i gotta ask this one now we maybe, okay. maybe this can carry over in the next episode what cereal has the best slogan because I love Gotta Have My Pops. I was just, that was the first one I thought of was Gotta Have My Pops. Well, they're great. They're great. And Breakfast of Champions breakfast for Wheaties. Breakfast of Champions. What's, uh, what's Fruit Loops? Fruity Licious? Or is that something else? Uh, tricks are for kids. Tricks are for kids. There are a lot of good slogans in the world of cereal. Kicks. What was the Kicks one? Kid Tested Mother Kid Approved. Kid Tested Mother Approved. That was the one. That's a good one. Life Cereal has one, but I can't remember it. Mikey, he likes it. Mikey likes it. <laughs> That's the best one. <laughs> he just likes it. They don't oversell it. Yeah, this kid likes it. It's a good one. Your kid might too. It's effective. Your kid might too. He likes it. Why wouldn't I? Oh, 
Life would be a good. I remember solid the jingle cereal. for Fruity Pebbles. It was like Big Fruity Taste, Big as a Bronto. I want some Pronto. But that was like the jingle. That wasn't like their slogan. Cheerios has had a few of them over the years. <sighs> wasn't one like that? Might be co- Wake Up Call to the World. That might have been coffee. Wake Up Call to the World. That was, I think that was coffee. I. All right, everybody. Oh, your wait, favorite well, cereal last, slogan. Last one though. This is a great Cookie Crisp. Oh, that's that's yeah. more, it's a jingle slogan. How could we forget that one? Cookie that's Crisp a is a great one. Well, and that would be really bad on a salad. <laughs> I think it'd be about the worst thing. And we you can, can end put that there. That takes us back to the worst crouton. Yes, that cookie I don't think crisp. you Cookie Crisp on a salad might be about as bad as you could get. But Reese's good cereal. for breakfast also would be awful on a salad. But that's a great. But it's a good one. I like how the first criteria now for cereal is how would it work on a salad. Yeah, I'm going to start thinking that. And I'm never going to put cereal on a salad, at least uh, unless it comes. One of these episodes, though, we might not have time this offseason, but next offseason, I literally want to get together and just line up bowls of cereal and go through and do cereal taste. I'm in. I'm in. Uh, maybe maybe some lucky listeners could win a chance to be involved. We'll see how that goes. Lucky Charms, they're magically delicious. There they are. Look at I, I like Lucky Charms. There's so many And a lot slogans. of people don't like cereal marshmallows. They're different from the marshmallows yep. in the bag. I love cereal marshmallows, and I love Territory Talk. And I love that all of you tuned in, and I love that a lot of you even stayed tuned in throughout <laughs> all of this that we've been talking about the last couple of minutes. Cereal, not a salad. A lot of them could be good croutons, but I'm just going to continue to eat them as they are. I even snack on it out of the box a lot, cereal. You can't go wrong. I do something that I actually learned on Dexter's Laboratory, which was sometimes, I do this with Life cereal. Like you take a a handful of Life and you put it in your mouth like dry, and then you take like a sip, you you chase it with some milk. Oh. Dexter on Dexter's Lab did that once, and I saw it as a kid, and I started doing it. No no wrong way. I was easily influenced, I guess. Yeah, I think, uh, well, I I love cereal. Hope you all do, too. I hope you all love Territory Talk, and that you have, uh, again, managed to stay with us through the end of the program here. That's going to do it for us here on Territory Talk, because as you can tell, we ran out of things to talk about. If you made it to the end, pat yourselves on the back. Yes, we thank you very much. Uh, At Doug Plagans, at Jamison Coop on Twitter. Thoughts on the Panthers, thoughts on cereal, thoughts on salad, thoughts on whatever you want to bring to the table. We are open to it so uh, again at Doug Plagans at Jamison Coop big thanks Billy Lindsay for stopping by the show taking some time for us as always always great to catch up with him so thanks again to Billy and thanks again to all of you for making Territory Talk a part of your listening week new material from us each and every Wednesday wherever you find your podcast Territory Talk is the official podcast of the Florida Panthers presented as always by Baptist Health the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers for Jamison Olive I am Doug Plagans this has been Territory Talk and we'll talk to you you next week thanks for listening to territory talk the official podcast of the florida panthers for all your panthers news and information follow fla panthers on twitter